for all those who continue this notion of LeBron James being better than Michael Jordan, <laughs> just stop. <laughs> Shut up already. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win it! You hear the Bulls uh, commentator goes, he wants his mummy. <laughs> he uses Curry way down to White Mamba out. <laughs> he's waited six episodes. Look at him. He can be sweating. <laughs> I was writing that for an hour today. <laughs> well, hello, NBA fans, and welcome to episode three of Sports Opinionated. We're here to give our opinions on the things that matter in the wonderful world of the NBA. Prima donna players, historical legends, coaches, commentators, whoever. We won't hold back. I'm Pete Evans, and alongside me, as always, I can say that now, is Matt O'Brien. Matt, how are you going? And just how many times did your Bulls foul Charles Smith in 93? Uh, none. None, Peter. And I'm very happy to be here and to be able to chew the fat with you. It's always always a great privilege Absolutely. to do that. Absolutely. Highlight of our weeks, my friend. Well, as we have began our new podcast series, we've had the benefit without any you know, actual games of going through... The Last Dance documentary series. Yes, we're counting down. We're going to get games soon, but uh, we'll keep banging yep. on with this. Yep. Um, subtitled, Michael Jordan Blatantly Lies on Camera. Um, this has been, eye- been an eye-opening revelation into the inner sanctum of one of the greatest teams, if not the greatest sports team of all time. And we have loved every minute of it, Jerry. Yes. That's straight we have. Yep. Well, Matt, episodes five and six are our foci today. Foci. Foci. And whilst... <laughs> This balanced investigative documentary would have us focus in episode five on how Michael Jordan single-handedly turned Nike from a useless, I think they called it a track shoe company, into a multi-billion dollar behemoth. Um, We want to give our opinions on the things that count. Most importantly, Matt, are the Chicago Bulls racist against Croatians? (laughs) Gee, your timing's really good on that. It's not. Gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James! Is this the dagger? Because the episode begins with a look at the 98 All-Star game. And he's done it again, Bob Costas, right on point with his assertion, Matt, that, uh, and I'll quote him here, if there was any doubt that MJ could have kept playing at an MVP in a championship level, it was getting the MVP of the All-Star game. Oh, well, that's exactly right, Peter. I that's mean, exactly right. It's a precursor to success in, in so many exactly areas. Right. Teams, uh, MVPs, all of it. Uh, anything that, that caught you um, from the 98 All-Star game? It was on ESPN the other day. It's been on a few times. Is that right? It's just a very slow-paced, yep. easy-going, gliding game. So I'm not <laughs> sure I'm not sure MJ necessarily uh, proved that he's at the top of his game yep. just by the fact he won the MVP in yep. that game. I don't think it anything to do with it. But if Bob wants to think that, then good luck to him. Yep. It took me back to a, a fundraiser, a cricket game at the MCG a number of years ago when Michael Bevan was, you know, knocking around some footballers, fastballs, and uh, some of the uh, Australian women's cricket team. He's, you know, putting, putting them through for, for boundaries and sixes, and, and the commentator's just going, he, he's hitting himself back into form. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sean Kemp, Cleveland Sean Kemp caught yes, my eye. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, took a look at the numbers. He was 18 and 9 this year. He'd, he'd gone way down already to 44% before the lockout happens, and he's, his career just falls off a cliff. But he made the all-star team that year. Yep. I saw Vin Baker, I noticed, playing for the West. 
Yeah. He was a great player. Whatever happened to him? He dropped off the face of the earth. Well, as I well. saw. I saw. You know, when I was in Seattle in '01, saw him in a, in a nightclub. Um, fair to say, he, he wasn't going straight that night. He was, <laughs> <laughs> as in with what he was uh, might have been uh, participating in, in in beverages. Um, but yeah, Vin Baker. He yes. P- I think he played in one of the dream teams at least one. My wife saw. My wife has seen Michael Jordan play, and I have not. Yeah. <laughs> and. She saw Vin Baker play for the Sonics. She saw the Sonics and the Bulls back in in '98. So that go. would have been when Vin Baker was at his peak. She saw them in a championship year. She did. What were you and I doing, mate? I don't know. '98. We waiting were, for one game a week. We were, we were waiting to meet. Yeah, we, we had were, we had become we had, friends. We but we digress. So I'm gonna I'm gonna jump uh, gonna jump back, Matt, because as the doco does, whilst we're hang, whilst we're hanging to get to the third title year, the doco does jump in. Back at title number two, 1992, a year Chicago alumni Michael Wilbon calls the best Bulls team of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt, standouts of the 92 season for you from both either the doco or your own recollections? Um, yeah, I, yeah, BJ's comment at the start of that year was, I thought, profound when he said that um, MJ was happy that we could all play the game, just enjoy the game and play the game. Mm-hmm. But he was only there to win the game. Yep. We had total control of all facets of it. All right, yep, no, a couple of highlights for me because uh, I, I will jump in if, if you don't mind. Yep. Uh, because some of the stuff we were privileged to see just made me think Jordan's just taking a piss. Like that, can you picture that dunk baseline left to screen on poor Eric Snow versus the Sixers? Yes. He just kept going. Jumped up. from too far out you know, and he still dunked it. Shooting yeah. free throws with his eyes closed just to mess with Dikembe. He's, he's, he was, to me, that season, he's, he's like a Marvel superhero origin story or, or, or Ray learning how to control the force in Star Wars. <laughs> now, so I don't have much to offer there. <laughs> yeah, we need to work on... Matt's got some characters issues trees in Star and, Wars. Uh, yeah, Lord of the Rings. Different. But whereas Ray just ended up making out with her main antagonist in Star Wars, killing him in the process, I might add, Jordan just devours anyone in his path uh, that season. So let, let's jump right ahead to the playoffs. What's got you there, bud? Uh, the Chicago-New York East semis, which wasn't covered in the dock hardly at all, I don't believe. Um, that more came on when they played the following year. That got quite a lot of coverage, that series. But this in 1992, they went seven games in 1992. They did. And my highlight of that, though, that series was Game 3 in New York when uh, Jordan drove to the hoop and... Ewing and X-Man, Xavier McDaniel, Yep, they came over and tried to clobber him. He still made the shot, and both of them ended up piling on the floor like yes. 10 pins yes. at the bowling alley, and he stood over them. Now, what did he say, Evans? What did he say? I had to look this up. Uh, I, I, it might be M1. Punched his fist. But no, he's he goes, flexing. He's flexing like yeah, the Hulkster. Yeah, and he, he raises his arm, and he goes, yeah, you sucker, Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, first time I knew, I had to look that up and someone has, uh, I don't know, lip read or something, but yeah, fantastic. Which is exactly what Matt does when he, he breaks off the first bit of Kit Kat and he gets the double. The They're frozen the Kit Kat. Clean, three days of clean exit versus the how yes. I, div- how I yes. <laughs> messed that up. That's right. And that set the tone for uh, the following year, that series. That kind of built the rivalry okay. because they were trying to beat them up. The Knicks were. Yep, yep. Well, I'm jumping to the finals if, if you're yep. done with, with the playoffs because I think in their keenness to, to <laughs> just disregard the Blazers and, and uh, Drexler as an actual uh, threat, this series was way closer than shown. 
in, Indeed. in, in the last dance. I mean, Indeed. We all remember game one as, as MJ goes off, uh, then record six threes the first half. Or, mm. Yep. Um, Portland split that, split that um, home and home for the Bulls. They went away from Chicago one-on-one, one, which they would have taken every day of the week had you offered it to them. Um, obviously, Bulls pull out game three, which gives them back home court. Blazers grab game four. I'm going to jump to game five unless you've got your own reflections from those first four games. I've just oh, jumped just, ahead just, a fair just bit. Just something that I was greatly amused at, that Magic was hanging at Michael's house the night before game one. Yeah. And he said, you know what I'm going to do to this dude tomorrow. <laughs> that was just gold to me. Like yep. MJ's just got all these blokes, the best best of ever, and they just hang out at his house. Yep. It's just gold. Do you think um, gold. Do you think Magic left his house at 9.30 like I leave yours so he can be home by 10? No, nah, I think yeah. Magic would probably stay the evening. <laughs> stay, stay there. Stay there Gamble and, you know, bet money. Yep. I'm um, with you, though. You go for it. Game five was the pivotal game in this series, and it wasn't covered at all. I know. I know. 1-0 uh, to you. Pivotal was a word I was about to throw in there. Um, yes, Bulls by 15, but Jordan, 46 on 61%. One all to you now. Shooting. Um, 24-11 and 9 to Scotty. Same game. That that game goes differently. We're talking about this te- this team historically. Remarkably different, but wasn't a close one. Bulls by 15, fantastic win for them. Yeah, so they combined for 70, I had, those two in that game. 70, 13 assists and 16 rebounds. Jordan and Pippen, amazing. Yep. And then it went back to Chicago for game six. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is one of my greatest moments as a Bulls fan, this particular game. Down 15 after three. Ah, yes. Now, what does Phil do there? He says, no, no, you sit down, Michael. You sit down, Horace. Sit down, Pax. I'm going to go with Scotty. Yep. BJ. Yes. Stacey King. Scott Williams. And Bobby Hansen. Bobby Hansen. Bobby Hansen. No, I was hoping you'd go, Judd. I watched a bit of this today. <laughs> and Bobby Hansen hit a three to start the, start the ball rolling. Okay. And it just went from there. And when, when Jordan checked back in with eight minutes or so to go, it was three the difference fantastic and then yeah Portland just fell apart they turned the ball over on five out of the first seven possessions in the fourth quarter <sighs> brutal which will do it for you yeah that'll do it and then the momentum was just they were no hope then yep. and um, they finished them off yeah so it was an intense a quarter of basketball you can ever watch like a footy team coming from four goals five goals down at three quarter time to win the grand final that would be the equivalent it was just intense so yep and all, yeah, for all intents and purposes, it looked as though it was definitely going seven. And then, yeah, the bench brings us back. Yep. So, uh, fantastic. Awesome stuff. Yeah, and the, uh, the Chicago Bulls crowd enjoyed it a little bit. Are they the best or are they not the best? They are well, into it. They into are, it. They're, they're, not, they're not swanning in from Hollywood or just whatever. They're, they are legit. Swanning in from Hollywood. Yes. <laughs> Who's your biggest celebrity got in the crowd? Bill yeah, Murray? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's exactly right. They're real people. Dr. Peter. Dre. They're real people. Dr. Dre, I think. They're not celebrities paying 50000 a seat. Jack McCullum, who who wrote the Dream Team book, also got Drexler on record. And he liked Clyde. And he, in a recent interview, said that Drexler was adamant that besides, uh, besides the shooting, besides the points, we're, we're absolutely on par, Jordan and I. According to Drexler, we're the best two players in the game. Um, Jordan's line, he was a threat, but me being compared to him, I took offence to that. <laughs> Based on the way I was playing at the time, it wasn't even close. 
and then proceeded to uh, to rip him apart in that series. And we'll get to Barcelona in a minute. And I know I'm, I'm getting ahead of schedule here. Did you know that there was one practice session when they were going at it, by the way? They didn't only just play that one epic um, practice game against each other where, you know, Magic and Barkley talked a little bit too much and MJ went off and, and won that game. Did you know there was a practice game where Drexler arrived to that game, practice game, with uh, two left shoes? Oh, silly. Yep, two left shoes. And he not wanted to embarrass himself in front of his elite peers. Proceeded, oh, he played. Played. Yep. Oh, D- didn't get someone to run back or get, get get the hotel concierge or whatever to bring it over. Played in two left shoes. Jordan found out about it and he's like, I think I've got this guy covered. Yeah. All right, we will jump ahead though to the Olympics. Now, one of my lifetime sporting highlights was Barcelona 92. As a 16-year-old, hearing that the USA were going to put things right in a basketball sense and put their best team out there, I immediately started dreaming of what their best five would be, let alone the rest of the squad. It ended up being an unthinkable group of Jordan and Magic, Barkley, Malone, and Ewing, Barkley's Christian line. Christian Leitner, don't forget, don't forget our boy, our um, boy. Barkley's line before the first game. I don't know anything about Angola, but, but Angola's in, in trouble. trouble. <laughs> Matt, what are your memories and highlights of that team of that tournament? Oh, it's just that they won by a fair bit. <laughs> it was a total take the piss, like what you were saying before. It was literally never any chance anyone was getting near them. So I'm not sure even how hard they even played. Watching back at the tapes, okay. like I just remember. There wasn't that much coverage. I think the first couple of games, they covered like the first quarter and a half, but then they yep. annoyingly bounced to um, yeah. the rowing or the yeah. netball or the water polo <laughs> while the I'm best basketball in players going in history yeah. are playing, and that's what they'd go to. So that was, yeah, you're bringing back a bad memory from that point of view. But um, okay. you had to look those games up afterwards because we didn't actually see that many of them. I think we saw maybe a bit of the first two, and then we might have seen the semi-final and then the gold medal game in in its entirety. Sure. I remember one dunk that Magic threw an over-the-head pass on the break by Hopevich's right shoulder, back to the left, and MJ threw it down. Yep. That was the big moment. Yeah. Same for me. Same for me. 2-1 to you. Darn it. Um, When they talked about that practice game in Monte Carlo, they call it... I forget who said it, the greatest basketball we're all involved in. I'm not sure from what we saw if the intensity can justify that. But did you appreciate um, Magic's memory of the sequences in the second half of that practice game where they talked a bit too much smack to MJ and he said what then Jordan proceeded to do? And he was spot on with the video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, no, this yeah, it's long later, 27, 28 yeah, years yeah, later. Yeah. Unbelievable. He comes down to three, then another three. And then, yep. Yeah, yeah. Unreal. Fantastic. Now, um, staying with the practices... Before they went OS, what nobody on record said, or that we saw in the Doco series, in that in the ninety in in that team's first practice game against a bunch of college players, they got their butts got, handed yep, to them. They did, and Chuck Daly made them take the score down before the media came in afterwards off the scoreboard because they did not want anyone to know what had just happened. They got absolutely creamed. Obviously, you'll come back and tell and me what happened the next game. Again. They played them again. I think didn't but they the next day. That defies belief. They they were just too apparently just too differential. Not wanting to take over, you know, everyone out there is a great player. Let's let's share the love, and just did not work. Yeah, right. Yep. Well, they worked it out, I yep. think. Yep. And in my third point, Matt, did you know that, that Magic did a great um, behind the back no look pass to Jordan for a dunk? <laughs> yeah, I've got you there. <laughs> it was unreal. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else from you before I jump into two stories coming out of that tournament? Uh, no, I assume you're going to move on to our great friend from our great Croatian. I am. Well, not there first, actually. Two big stories to come out of this one. One notable absentee from the team and one international star. Firstly, Isaiah. Oh, poor Isaiah. He's, he's a conundrum, Isaiah. Conundrum. He speaks so sweetly. He's dressed, my 
goodness magnificently. So softly spoken, you wouldn't think butter would melt in his mouth. But obviously his reputation precedes him. The story of Isaiah being left on the team, we're hearing multiple takes on it because Jordan's take on this defies belief. Because Jordan in the doco series says, you know, who's you all playing? And, you know, Rod Thorne says, what? And it, this is Jordan's retelling, you know, who's you all playing? And then Rod Thorne says, well, the guy you're talking about isn't playing. Now, Jordan says that no matter how much I hate him, I never threw his name in. Now, back to Jack McCullum. Who that's, wrote, not, that's not believable, though, yeah. obviously. Well, Jack McCullum wrote the Barcelona book. It's called Dream Team. Jordan absolutely lies here. Like, McCullum has him on tape as saying that he wouldn't have played if Isaiah was. Maybe his recollection is just what he wants to believe, what he said. I mean, if we're going to... If we're going to bag Isaiah for his recollection of the walk-off, we have to be equally as judgmental of MJ that he's just changing history here. If he if he did that and owned up to it, I'm not sure many of us... We wouldn't care less. He'd be on record. Scotty be on record. Bird would be on record. Malone. Maybe even Ewing. But he doesn't. He's, he's not just twisting the truth. He's just blatantly lying on camera and hoping that no one will call him on it because he's got final cut. Oh, he's been called on it though. Well, he has, but not the documentary. No, no, he's been yep. called on it. But. Yep. Do you think they were wrong to leave him off the team? Would it have affected things that much? Oh, hard to know. Hard to know. Would it, would it stop them? Would it stop them winning it? No, of course not. Obviously. Yep. So, would it would it have changed the experience for a lot of the guys? Probably. Because mm-hmm. Magic and him weren't getting along either. Okay. Bird's got that history. He would have hated the Pistons as well. Yep. MJ obviously. Scotty obviously. You know. So I don't think it was the wrong call. For Team Harmony, I think it was a good call. You know, bad apple, you know, yeah. in a bit of way, in a lot of ways. Okay. So. Okay. I just wonder if there couldn't have been some adults in the room who could have just settled this down before it got to that, if he's on or I'm not. Like, get them talking. Like, Chuck Daly and MJ ended up playing golf together. Who does Michael Jordan think concocted the Jordan rules? It wasn't Bill Lane Beer. It wasn't Isaiah Thomas. Now, maybe the extra curricular activities after you know the dirty stuff that you know that we, we've spoken about in recent podcasts Matt I get I'm just I just wish for Isaiah's sake who historically is underrated would be more properly rated if he was a member a deserving member of that team ahead of a couple of the other blokes who, who possibly could have been left off for him so are the repercussions these are the repercussions Peter of your behavior actions uh, your actions have consequences well they do they do and maybe what what was the choice, MJ or Isaiah? What's the choice going to be? Yeah. Well, my you know, point. What choice are they? What choice are they? What choice does um, Rod Thorne or anyone have? Do we take MJ or do we take Isaiah? At that point, it's just you know pretty simple, really. Well, the second story, Matt, is Pippen and Jordan's disdain for Krause's boy, Tony Kukoc. Kukoc, a man who played 15 years in the NBA, won three titles, a Six Man of the Year award. All rookie team went for 19 a game once the Bulls team broke apart and he played off in 99. He is torn a new one in Barcelona. Interested in your thoughts, Matt, on how your Bulls, Pippen and Jordan, handled this situation over uh, at the Olympics? Oh, they went a bit hard, probably. Probably. I don't know. I'm a bit torn. I think, I think Scotty's comments um, about wanting to make Jerry look bad. I think they're just getting far too far away from reality there. Mm-hmm. I don't think it really makes Jerry look bad. Do you yep. know what I mean? It doesn't. Yeah. So that's kind of a bit silly. No one's thinking of Jerry Krause as they beat him up. No. Like, so so that's, that's kind of irrelevant. But as far as them playing hard and stopping him doing anything, don't have a problem with it. Nope. He's out there. 
that's the way it is. And and he was their main ball handler and main offensive weapon in setting up everything they did. Mm-hmm. So the fact they went after him for whatever reason, I don't care what that is. Do you know what I mean? Yep. It's just, just what it is. That's what it is. So that that's cool. You? I totally agree about the on-court stuff. Got no problem with that whatsoever. Um, but for Kukoc at that point, he was a European champion at age 19. He's from war-torn Croatia. He wins EuroLeague three straight years, which is now as we're learning about a young man. They go all right. A young man yeah. in Dallas. We now have our eyes more open to the, to the global stage. Yep. That's not some local Monday night league in, in Nutterwadi. He was, you know, in all those three championships in Europe, he was the final four MVP all three times. Uh, I just think it was really precious by the players. So rather than rehashing my opinions, I think the interviews tell the story. And I reckon I'll, I'll run you through just a couple of quotes that will just take you through it. This is peak petulant Pippen, by the way. Scotty, after that first game, he might not even think about coming to the NBA. Yeah, that was after, bad. After he's finished That's playing. That's bad. And then he That's goes, bad. if he's that nervous, then he can't come to the NBA and play 82 games. I'm like, really? Then on the other side. MJ diffused that, though, once that was said to well, him. He was just a little bit more polished, I think, MJ. Tony's point. He said it was unfair, didn't he? Yeah, he did. You know, Tony says, they don't know me. They don't know me at all. And I'm going to give the last line here. It's a little, it's not a long, long quote, but it's a little longer than one line. It's from Michael Wilbot, who is Bulls fan and Chicago alumni. The Americans didn't understand how tough people like Tony Kukoc were. They had no idea. These people had no idea about the war-torn situations and the poverty, oppression that guys like Kukoc came from that hardened them. So it was stupid to call them soft. I felt bad for Tony, and I thought Michael and Scotty were out of line. So, yeah, fair enough. Go. Matt, straightening things up a bit because you know this is close to my heart, and I preempted with you that I wanted to talk about this because because before we get into the greatest <laughs> sporting year in history, I want to jump backwards because episode five opened with a moment which I'll admit grabbed me and it grabbed me pretty hard. I was sitting on your couch with the words "In loving memory of Kobe Bryant." Now. You as a Bulls fan watched through those early years as, as, as people compared Michael and Kobe, which is something that actually Kobe never bought into, although his play and his style of play spoke for itself. How, did, how was your take on the Kobe-MJ relationship either through the years or what you saw in the doco or in the, in the latter years um, coming up to 2020? Well, only when Michael spoke at his funeral did I realise that they were tight. Hmm. I had no clue they were that tight at all. So this relationship's been going on in secret all those years. And I think probably by design. So that's cool. But yeah, I had no idea that that was actually going on. Mm. Um, And for Kobe just to credit some of, you know, what he's achieved because he'd been taught by Michael, that was was quite profound. Sure. Though he didn't get much out of him, did he? Yeah, he didn't get much out of him. Jason Hare didn't get much out of him. No, well... He had to make he Got made about three sentences out of him. Well, <laughs> as as Jason here said, you know, Kobe really made him work for for all of that, and we didn't get heaps. But just to get him to sit down and open up about Jordan, he he wasn't effusive initially. Um, he was in a hurry. He was focused on an awards ceremony that he was attending that night. What he'd say and would you believe what he was going to wear was what he was fixated on at, at that point. But as is he's done in most of the interviews, like, you know, getting Phil to sit down for five hours after one day after being told you're not wanted. Um, gets him to go deeper. And I'm not saving this next line till I quote segment, but when he said this, I was just gobsmacked. Cope says, you know, I truly hate discussions about who would win one-on-one. What you get from me is from him. I don't get five championships here without mm, him. I just yeah. thought you couldn't craft a more perfect piece of language around the, the quote-unquote comparison between... 
um, Jordan and Kobe. How, how did you take that? Oh, it just shows a bit of a bit of humbleness that he doesn't need to declare that he's the greatest. Yep. Like some might. Yep. So he just puts it in its place. I'm an evolution of him. Yep. The game moves forward. I'm not better or worse than him. I'm not the great. I'm not. I just you know. The thing is, I think one of the AFL coaches once said, "You you know, if you're great, you don't need to be telling people. People will be telling you." Yeah. You know, and that's that's Kobe, where Kobe ended up. And it was just very impactful just because he's not here anymore. And it's just really weird just looking at the screen. It just really is. So yep. um, pull that back as well. Totally. It showed a maturity to, obviously, Kobe, a little bit older than LeBron, that Kobe even is probably the equal fiercest competitor I've ever seen, mate, on an NBA court. You know, found his language around his connection to the greatest player of all time versus LBJ, who, after winning his third, announces himself as, as the GOAT. I just thought it was telling. Um but to Kobe, and I know you, you mentioned it already, I just want to say this about your boy, MJ. As a Lakers fan, Michael Jordan's speech at Kobe's memorial service was astounding. To get that kind of emotion and respect, almost reverence from the greatest player of all time. I've got to be honest here, mate. It actually helped us heal. Mm. It was as phenomenal a speech as I've ever heard in my life. And you know I'm a fan of, of the craft. I've just never heard of it, heard anything like it. And I was just so grateful for it. In that moment, um, it was just one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard. Yeah, awesome. I think I think Michael recognised in Kobe as a basketball player mm-hmm. that he had that competitive drive that was of a similar nature to his own. Yep. And that's so rare that you don't see MJ really tight with any other no. great players after him. No. He's the only one. Yep. The greatest sporting year in the history of mankind. The Baby Bombers pull off an improbable premiership in the AFL. Oh. Evans... Evans slips the S in the football club. I do. I dominate my year 12. I went something like 18 and 8 the night of my last exam, Matt. Legal, 18 and 8. Legal studies, by the way. Um, then we get one of the greatest star-studded NBA seasons, um, playoffs runs ever. Mate, the highlights here just have to be seen to be believed about this 93 season the, and, the, and the playoffs, you know, the up and under past Petrovic, which we've seen the doco, um, the dunk on Cycli, oh, and the, the putback off the missed free throw, the, the putback yes, dunk uh, that, he, he, that he throws down there. Yes. Fantastic. Matt, um, for the season, before we get to the playoffs, a, any standouts or memories from you from 1993? Yeah, I've got, I've got three pages on this. <laughs> wow. So I'm going to have to go quick. You're going to have to. We're at the 20, 29 minute mark, so I'm going to have to move it along. No, pre-playoffs. Um, you tell me you don't have three pages pre-playoffs. No, no, three pages total. So, um, just want to just want to touch on the Sam Smith book that came out early that you year. You do, okay, all right. Um, and it said they had all these controversial things in that you know maybe Horace said, maybe he didn't. Who cares? But um, one of these things that they came up with, which I found extremely amusing, was that apparently Michael said, "Don't pass the ball to a certain player in the clutch." Yep. Why would you pass the ball to Bill Cartwright? That's that was that was the player. Well, of course you're not passing the ball to no. Bill Cartwright in the clutch. No. He's moving like a, a dinosaur on roller skates at this point. He can't, he can't do anything, right? Yep. You, don't, you don't take Michael Rappaport, right, yep. when they've got Brad Pitt available. <laughs> you don't. The promoter doesn't book Casey Donovan, right, when you two are saying uh, they can do the gig. Poor Casey. And you don't play Justin Kaczynski at full forward when Buddy's available for selection. <laughs> 
And I've got one more, right? This, yep. this is going for you. don't swing Trent Cochin to centre half back as the sweeper behind the ball when Luke Hodges in your team. Oh, yeah. You just don't do any of those things. So I didn't see what the controversy was there that Michael said, just don't pass it into the cart right at the end of the game. Oh, whoa. How controversial, you know? Uh, <laughs> and I like how I've Jason... i more on that, but I'll just defer to you No, for a I like it how Jason here just spliced in when he was talking about Cartwright. You know, simple entry pass and Cartwright, to, you know, turn around, fade away, just clanking it, just to reinforce <laughs> the point that MJ said. Uh, uh, MJ's point was in the clutch, was it? Or was it just yeah. about a passing uh, to oh, that was what, that's what I thought Someone was quoting it in the media as that what had been said. Uh, there you go. Go um, for it. And then we also had Phil... Phil told us how Jerry Krause made him... He brought him into his office and made him listen to Jerry read the quotes oh, from the I know, book. I know. Saying, oh, do you know who said this? Like a little boy, he's just farted and his teacher's got him to do lines in class. You know what I mean? Like, what? <laughs> what is this? This is the guy who's won title for you. Oh, what have you said? Who said that? You know, self and that. Quite hilarious. Quite hilarious. Yep. You don't find similarities now that instead of just owning up to poor behaviour and going, yep, I could have dealt with my teammates better, the focus is on who said what. Yeah, that's you right. You don't find that a little bit uh, hypocritical from, from Jordan in this? Oh, I just, uh, yeah, I, I don't think he was used to being um, <laughs> told that he was bad or negative in any way. And I've just written here, the pressure was starting to build yep. and he'd almost had a gut full at this point. Correct. So, um, I'd love to jump ahead to the playoffs if I can because... Yep, I'm set. That's page one of me done out of three. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I don't know if we could pick a greater playoff series from memory than than Bulls Knicks ninety three. They 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 termed the the Knicks are you know tough, motivated, and well coached, which is a lot more enjoyable, even as physical as they were than than dirty and cheap shot of of, of yesteryears with with Detroit. Um, f- for me, question that notice down o two oh. down o two in that series. How worried were you? Very. In that at that time. Oh, I thought we were gone. Thought we were gone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. I just thought they knew how to stop us from scoring, basically. Okay. Yep. And I just didn't know where it felt to me as though they were deeper, like one through eight. They were deeper than what we were. That I felt that very strongly. I didn't okay. have much trust in Stacey King or Scott Williams sure. coming off the bench. John Paxson was nearing the end. I just, I just, yeah, I was not confident. Okay. Well, on on that point, can I jump to game three for a moment? Uh, yes, you but, can. They were brutal games one and two. Just uh, that highlight of John. John Starks could seriously play. Could go. Now, I you watched... Go. Go, yeah, you can go going forward. But, yeah, I watched a couple okay, of these games it. in full. But ju- that dunk by Starks in game two was unbelievable. Yep. He, would, he could seriously play John Starks. Yeah, absolutely. Not fantastic. Um, regardless of what the, the doco series will tell you, that, you know, after after two games, and I think... With, is it after that there's, there was a gambling... Uh, controversy after game after game one he went to went to Atlantic City but it came out after game two yep as a story before between between games two and three I'm not sure how much of a story it is there's discrepancies on what time he came home but Phil's recollection is off here because he said you know Michael had to come out and make a statement and he did now he was terrible in game three Went three of 18. You talk about depth, that's where your boy stepped up. Pippen only missed twice on his way to 29. They held the Knicks to 43% and forced 20 turnovers. Yeah, the defense was fantastic. On a game that, that Jordan shoots 17%. I think Paxson went five of seven, I think. There you go. Four threes in that there game. You go. However, game four is a completely different story. Now, I don't want to step on your toes here. This is your boy. 
Yeah, so here we so we set the scene. The Bulls are down two games to one. Mm-hmm. They must win game four. Clearly, you can't go down three one with two more games back at New York's home court. He goes for fifty four. Now I watched this game in its entirety this week. I watched it in its entirety. Fantastic. He had seventeen in the first. I don't know. He had fourteen or something in the second. I think. But in the third quarter, the Bulls had nothing going. So what I said earlier about the depth, no one could do anything, it seemed, other than him. Mm-hmm. In the third quarter, he hit his first seven shots, including contested threes yep. over Stark. Just awesome threes with, with defense just in his grill. Um, and one thing I did notice about this game, the back then the defense is just far more intense and physical than what it is now. Yep. The hand-checking is unbelievable because yeah. guys go to make a move and they push their hands. People often don't know what a hand-check is. It's literally you push your hand against the body of the dribbler. Yep. So you're pushing their weight all the time. So to actually get past someone, if they've got relatively good defensive position, they can stop you. Mm-hmm. Whereas nowadays, if you get anywhere near you know, a feather touch on someone, they're going to the free-throw line. And going to the floor. Yeah, or diving to the floor. Yep. Um, um, but I would say this with New York... Their lack of attention to detail is extraordinary well, in this game. Hang on. Not well, Coach Matt. Oh, man. Hang on. He's going oh, to Pat Riley man. here. They were foul when they're in the penalty constantly. Yep. They fouled Bill Cartwright three times on fadeaway jump shots. <laughs> they double when they don't need to double. They don't double when they should double. Jordan gets the ball with six seconds on the clock, on the shot clock. Double. Make someone else score. Yep. With two minutes to go, the Bulls are coming down and Pippen hit an amazing shot and an and one. Do you, have you seen this? I, I have, Matt, uh, I have done my research and have also, without us even telling each other, I have watched the full game you as have. well. I have. Excellent. Yep. Yeah, that drive to the right, gets the bump on the left yep. side of his body. He's falling down, throws it up and it goes in. Yep. Um, that made it seven and that was it. Yep. And then we go to game five. Oh, I'm just going to chuck the in. The game of the series. A little, little cheap shot before we go, mate. Yes, go. You, you did shoot 13 more free throws and you win by 10. So, you know, the darlings of the NBA. No, oh, I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they're fouling. The fouls were there, but they were just dumb fouls. My first, um, my first reflection on game five is simply this. Wow. I could watch that final defensive sequence over and over and over again. It is absolutely phenomenal. Block. I did have some audio here of this, but I'm just trying to okay, no problem. dig it up. But you, you can keep going. No, no worries at all. So right now, if that play happens, Ewing's drive. So in falling over, they get their legs tangled up and Ewing passes slash loses control of the ball and just ends up in Smith's hands. Nowadays, they're calling a foul. They're, they're, right. It lands fortuitously in Smith's hands. Grant block, MJ clean swipe. Wanted to see his feet, whether they're inbounds, Matt. Pip and block, pip and block again. And Aldridge just calls it one of the great defensive sequences of all time, yet again. Well, we'd or, like to hear it, Peter. Or, or we'd like to hear it. <laughs> I don't know. Have you got it? I've got it. I'd love to hear it. Here we go. Uh, Matt. 28 and 18 seconds remaining. The next down we'll by up, one man. with the ball. <laughs> Starks, played by Jordan. Here we go. <laughs> I can't see it. Stop the game. Yes. The Bulls have beaten the Knicks. 
Yes, spectacular plays, children. Spectacular plays. Yeah, so <laughs> that was worth the wait. Come on. That, how good was that? Sorry, people, if it blew your speakers off. Just trying to work this stuff out. <laughs> All the people in the car just driven off the, <laughs> driven off the road. <laughs> We're going to need to drive. We're going to have to. I'll see if we can have some kind of forewarning there for oh, that. that was like there's, when there's strobe lights in your Star Wars <laughs> film. <laughs> driving along and then, oh. Yeah, so if you didn't catch that, the Bulls beat the Knicks in game five. looking through tears. (laughs) You're going to have to talk for a bit. Yes. Have your permission to move ahead? Yeah, you can go on to the finals now. Is that where you're going? (laughs) (laughs) Well, not just the finals, Matty. I reckon one of the better NBA finals ever, in my humble opinion. A a, A Lakers team pushed this Phoenix team in the first round. Oh, to, yes. To five games. Suns snuck dropped, a bit of Lakers in there. They, nice work. They dropped both games at home, mate. They did. They um, did. 0-2 in a best of five. I found a way out of that series and found their way all the way to the finals. Your recollections of, of, of this great 93 finals? Um, I'll first start by something I noticed, that the genius of Michael Jordan controlling the narrative around his gambling issue before the finals even started. So all this negativity about him going to Atlantic City and he said, nah, I'm not talking to you anymore. You can all mm-hmm. bugger off. I'm not talking to you. Yep. Then he just lets that settle for a little while after game two. So the whole the games three, four, five, and six for the Knicks never said a word to anyone. Yep. Then before game one of the finals, he says to his mate Ahmad, grab a camera, come with me. I'll put this to bed now. Now, just brilliant way. Like, like one of the superstars today tries to control every single narrative. There was the genius right back then doing it. Yep. Well, there you go. There you go. You thought it was genius him staying with the sunglasses on? No. <laughs> Come on, MJ. What are you doing? Um, whilst we thought that the Suns might be one of the unluckiest teams in history, I reckon we're being a little bit kind. I reckon you lose the first two at home. Are you unlucky to lose a series? No. I just don't consider you unlucky. They're, fight as they did and fought well to get back in the series. You dropped the first two at home, having fought to win 62 games and at home court throughout the playoffs. Don't think we consider you unlucky. I did like Phil early on. Um, handle the, that pressure when he was barking at his own team in a timeout. He calls it one of the most roller coaster series we've, they've ever been in. It was the road so, series. Yep. Home team won one game. One game? Out of six. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And this is a Barkley saying that literally played the best game he could possibly play and he still lost yep. in game two. Yep. I don't know. I haven't got the numbers in front of me. He had 40-odd, Barkley, I believe. But Jordan had 42, I think. You're talking game four? Game two. Nah. Game two. Oh, game two, sorry. Yep. Yeah. And I, I was digging for that game for such a long time because obviously we'd only get one game a week. We never got game two of that series. No. Never saw it until I stumbled into a news agent in Mill Park one day, Peter Evans. What? And I saw, uh, just God's grace, gave us the... Pontel videotapes, oh. the sports tapes, and I was once I found that I, I was with our good mate Afimios Baris, yep, and uh, it's just a, a uh, basketball magazine, and on the back page was this full page Pontel ad, P O N T E L, yep. and I was I was in heaven, so I went home and I was just ordering up big time all these games that I'd never got to see in Australia. I was just ordering them Fantastic. up. Fantastic. I went um, back to game three for a triple overtime game, which the Suns won. Great game. And uh, yep. Charles Barkley declared after that that God wants us to win the series, he told me last night. That, yeah. was, that, was, that was the great Charles. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Uh, game four was epic. Game four was epic. And 
similar to the New York series. I haven't had time this week to watch that one in full, but he went for 55 from memory. Was that right? What's that? MJ in game four, 55. And he just kept going to the hoop, kept going to the hoop. Bang, 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 bang. They just could not stop him. He didn't do it from the outside. He kept going and they kept fouling him yep. over and over nice. again. Yep, and that gave him a three to one lead. Would have thought that was it. You would have thought they would have won game five, given they're up three to one. Well, the, uh, the business owners of Chicago thought so. Boarding up the windows. Boarding up the windows. <laughs> because that is one of the great lines of all time from, uh, from Barkley. And, and the journalist clearly just wanted the soundbite. You know, anything you'd like to say to the, to the Chicago to the natives? <laughs> city of Chicago. They played the perfect game of basketball. Um, and then they're on the plane back to Phoenix. Back to Phoenix. Who would have thought? Exactly. Exactly. Now, MJ does something which is, it's had... Uh, it's up and it's downs. He's gone the one suit option for game six. Nice cliche. Yeah. It is yeah. a cliche. Um, Pat Riley tried this in, in 94, by the way, the following year when they're up 3-2 and they went to Houston for game six or seven. And he told his team, I'm taking one suit, which hopefully... Must mean a, we're going to win. He had a good dry cleaner. <laughs> Maybe instead of focusing on, on the suit, he should have pulled... Uh, should have pulled, told Starks to stop shooting on his way to one for 11 or something that, <laughs> that game, but no. So he goes one, one suit just to reinforce to the team, we got this. I'm not playing on staying for long. And epic game, epic game. Chicago had a lead. Phoenix just poured it on in the fourth quarter, and for everything in you, you would have thought there was no chance the Bulls were going to hang on. Nope. Absolutely. We all know what happens. MJ drives, kicks it to... Scotty, I think, who gives it to Horace. They double Horace for some unknown reason. They leave the three-point shooter on the wing. And Pax does the rest. Yep. And then the final play, they get a stop, which I'd like to talk about later in the pod, actually. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Because what, we're allowed to talk about um, Horace Grant here? Fair to say Horace wanted no part of that. Um, he had yeah. one point in the game, <laughs> I believe. Oh, come on, Horace. He did. He had one point. I'm sure of it. Yeah, he did. He did. He went over five. Oh, come on, Horace. Horry. Uh, yeah, we might need to redo our, our Robin versus. <laughs> well, now, yeah, good recollection by you. I, the, I haven't watched a game more than I have game six, Bulls, um, Bulls Suns 93. And let, let's get to the final play because it's almost forgotten that the final play wasn't the packs and three. Talk to me about that. Um, I think KJ come off a pick, I believe. And drove, he was actually got into the foul line. And Horace actually blocked him after he had passed him, from memory. He'd actually half passed him. Yep. And he reached back and just flicked it. Yeah. yeah play of it. his life. Yeah, agreed. Play agreed. of his life. Got it clean. Got, yep. it, got it clean. And then uh, celebrations began. I can't repeat. I mean, there's many variations of what we hear MJ screaming. Something about Dan Marley. Yeah, Thunder Dan Marley. Yeah, because something, something. because Jerry liked Dan. Oh, something. Like That's that. always something to do something with Jerry like said. Yep. <laughs> Thought he was a great defensive player. But but in the series, Evans, it must be it must be said this 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 was MJ's greatest NBA final series. 31, 42, 44, 55, 41, 33. He averaged 41 and a half, eight and a half boards and 6.3 assists. There you go. That'll generally get you the MVP, which it did. There you go. Fantastic. That's just extraordinary Loved numbers. Loved it. A few segments which I'm keen to, to go. Yeah. Another bitter twist to the dark side of an all-American success story. I know. You're not narrating the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> uh, Robert's Crowe's come play with the Bulls. I don't care. Whatever. Whatever. What's up? What's up? What's up? I had no problem with the glove. This is what I've had to put up with for, for about 20 years. What are some of the great quotes 
that we haven't yet heard for you. Oh, from, from this series, uh, going at the at the uh, at the hotel when they're having that day off in Phoenix. This is from '98, um, and they come back to the hotel, and MJ goes off and plays golf with Ryan Harper, and then Phil yells out, "You guys going to the pool?" And Dennis replies, "No, I'm going to Hooters." <laughs> <laughs> One nil to me. No, yeah. Evan said that he had that down his list. Just, I can just see crossing across. off quote number four. Yeah. Um, Kobe, I was just a kid that shot a lot of air balls. Yes, good yeah. one. Wow. Good one. Yep. Magic after the uh, infamous game at Monte Carlo. Yep. And they all got back to the bus and they were all a bit off with each other. It was highly competitive. No one was talking. Yep. And Magic just said to Charles, we shouldn't have the man off. <laughs> <laughs> the, the bus broke up laughing and then that's it. That's the beauty yep. of Magic. Absolute, yep. absolute star. There you go. And I'm staying with the great man, greatest point guard of all time. You can't get too close to Michael. It's a foul. <laughs> I'll just cross that one off. Cross that one off. Uh, go for your next one, bud. Some random political commentator from 19, whenever it was, said, oh, Ali stood up for what he believed in. Ultimately, Michael Jordan may be forgotten. Yeah, right, mate. <laughs> um, I love that. Love that. Um, I pissed off Jordan after he lost some game of tossing quarters against the security guys. Yes. <laughs> go protect the damn United Centre. <laughs> Not happy. <laughs> just happy. a little, just a little competitor, little, yep. little competitive. Yep. Um, this from Jerry Steinfeld, as I heard someone calling no, the other day. No, who called Jerry Steinfeld? I forget Stein- who it was. Come on. Jerry's just comes and visits Michael in the locker room and looks strangely nervous when he says hello to Phil. By the way, you notice that? Like Phil's someone who gave him a detention th- the day before. Well, be, he can be quite intimidating, Phil. Jackson. Strangely nervous. From all accounts, mate, he can be and quite an intimidating. Just laughing, going, I don't worry about him. Yeah. You know? And then and Jerry walks out and there's like all the plays yeah. drawn up on the wide. Board. The whiteboard's full of plays. Yep. And Jerry just walks past and just t- turns around and goes, Oh, that one won't work. <laughs> 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 no, there's nothing about basketball. Tree. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, a little one from me. It, it almost went into the to the peripheral pickup segment, Matt, but because I don't know if you heard it. On that that golf game you were just talking about when they got the day off and, and um Jordan can't get his game together. He, he does a drive and we don't see the drive. We just see, you know. MJ snap his head up and then quickly yell four, and then like half a second later, you know, it obviously someone goes, oh, it hit their buggy, and he goes, I said four, they don't listen. <laughs> like, sorry, MJ. That's a great peripheral Ooh. Evans pickup. Well, they, they expected to hear your call of four, look up, see your ball coming in, get into the buggy and drive it away. I yes. said four, they don't yeah, listen. He would have killed him. Yep. Um, what else have I got here? Um, oh, the conversation with Randy Brown. And oh, Michael about right. the ticket. Randy Brown comes in to get some tickets, and then MJ says something like, "Oh, do you want them inside the stadium, or do yeah. you want them up near God?" And uh, Randy yeah. just takes one. He goes, "Oh, you just got one from him." <laughs> and he goes, "Joking, joking, joking, yep. joking." Yeah. Do you notice what Randy Brown said to him when he gave him the tickets? What? Nothing. Didn't say thank you. Yeah. Please, thank you. We, we try to teach people manners, Matt. You know, when you pass the, the water, or you've got a lovely dinner, or someone takes your plate. Gets tickets next to God. No, nothing. Yeah, fair enough. Nothing. Are we done on that? I've got one more. Go for it. Just because uh, I, t- I, I do this by, you know, I watch it on uh, TV and I have my iPhone, you know, and I type in my notes to all the things. And I wrote this one down. If you don't like how I love my ogle, then maybe <laughs> I should be the person, shouldn't be the person you're following. Now, what that was meant to say. <laughs> I love my ogle. <laughs> it wasn't meant to say I love my ogle. The iPhone, it should have said, live my life. Now, I don't know what was confusing about live my life to the iPhone. 
but the iPhone said, love my ogle. So just out there, people, don't be ashamed. You're happy you can love your ogle. It's oh, fine. I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, I'm excited again, Matt. Oh, peripherals. Yep. It's always a concern when you've got to start a sentence, Matt, with the words, I'm not into fat shaming. But... <laughs> MJ wearing a Detroit three-peat T-shirt. No, just how strong was Judd Bushler's coffee the morning that he got interviewed? <laughs> but Matt's just asked me the question. And, and I'm answering it. Because I'm not getting an adequate response. We're going to move on to peripheral pickups. And this is where you and I share the things to the outside, the exterior, which others might not have seen. But yes. you and I, with our eye for detail, have picked up. But um, you're, the, you're the original. You're the original. Oh, thank you're you, the number one. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm going to save my best for last. But um, I don't know if we call this peripheral, but the joy of Magic Johnson. Jumping, two things. Jumping up and down after his no look at MJ in Barcelona. Yes, gold. And then killing himself at his own joke in that photo op with MJ and Bird for the Olympics. He's just a joyous man, Magic Johnson. Just great man to be around. Love and life. Yeah, the joy of Magic Johnson. Um, Arthur Ashe. They, when they were promoting Nike, Arthur Ashe came out. Yeah. They showed a little ad from him from 1975 because, you know, they were trying to make um, Jordan into a tennis player. They were saying he's not a tennis player. But anyway, they, they throwed an ad of Arthur Ashe with his – did you see how big his tennis racket was? No. It was as big as a squash racket, ever. It was like a table <laughs> tennis bat. <laughs> I'm thinking that's a remarkable win at Wimbledon to win that with a table tennis bat. There you go. Full credit to him. Fantastic. Um, another peripheral pickup from me. You know that huge regular season game in Atlanta when there was over 60,000 fans? Yes, 98. Yep. Yes, his and, last and, game and, there. And they're all lined up on like a multi-deck park, car park facilities, you know, screaming at Jordan as he's, as he's walking to the bus. There's an usher walking him to, to the bus very an old lady, very handsy usher. Got her hands yeah, all over him. I'm a like, bit of a feel. get yeah. your hands up here, Mavis. Yeah, come on yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. The Lift man's it. spoken oh, yeah. for. Yeah, my eye, my my eyes are up here. Yeah, he might be on the road, but yeah. come on, come um, on, Mavis. Scotty Pippen in the '93 series early on in New York. They're saying how physical it was, and he Oakley got up and tried to push him, and the look Scotty gave him was like whatever. Quite the paradox from what we talked about last week. Ah, yes, when he laughed it off. Scotty just looked at him, just, just laughed at him like, what, you're going to intimidate me? Like, yep. seriously, with a little yep. chest bump? Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. I thought that was cheap from Oak. He tried to ram his head into his uh, private slash his abdomen. Yes. Yeah, that was, and then, you know, tried to stand up and be tough, didn't like that. Yeah. Next one, Matt, I couldn't find out who said this. Um, as tried to Google as best I could. There was a voiceover for an early recollection of some MJ stuff. And the line is, he's given, uh, talking about of Jordan, he's given America and the world a sorely needed hero. <laughs> if there was any more reason for a Jordan backlash, crap like that, come on, voiceovers, enough. Uh, yes. Enough. Yes. Yep. Um, does MJ have a cigar everywhere he goes? <laughs> I'm just Post-game, hotel room, yep. golf course, yep. in the car. That's just this episode. Yep. That's just this episode. Yep. Like, how was he? How was he able to run out games? I don't know, mate. I, I don't know the effects of cigars, but uh, yeah, he's on them everywhere. Good pick up from you. Um, one from me. Uh, Pat Riley balls out. He's. Can you picture that? Very. We don't get a lot of Pat. Obviously, didn't give him a lot of time. He was just sitting there, just legs wide apart. He's the man. Hands just resting he's there. He's the man. Clearly showing off his championship ring. I didn't but, notice uh, it. Just, you know, put it away, Phil. Oh, uh, Pat, put it away, Pat. Oh, he's a star. Yep. Superstar. Yep. Sex symbol he was back in the 80s. <laughs> well. Um, the Jordan diamond earring. Uh, oh. I'm, I'm the jewellery connoisseur yeah. of this pod. 
Yeah, I reckon he was 25k on his necklace last week. I reckon he's 10. I'm going under, the under over of 10k on that. On, on his diamond earring? On his diamond earring. Okay. Yep. Yep. Have you Googled K what a diamond earring cut, uh, costs? Uh, one full of diamonds, I reckon it'd be 10k okay. minimum. Okay. Based on my wife's wedding ring, I reckon it's probably... I might be unders. <laughs> probably. I might be unders. I'll assume that for diamonds. Matt, I'm going to finish with, with one that got me the reputation I have. At the end of game six, we... Right near the end, we get the magnificent play, which ends up with a wide open pack. Oh, I know what's coming here. Yes. The block, you know what's coming. The block from Grant was phenomenal because the Suns had a full 4.9 seconds to get a playoff. So that shot from Paxson, there's still more to go. Yeah. Everyone's looking at the play from, from Grant's side, kicks it to Paxson, shot goes up. Game's not over no matter what happens. Ball goes in, ball, come, ball comes out. On the far corner, Matt, Waiting maybe for a, a switch, whichever the play goes. BJ Armstrong topples over watching... Backwards. Yeah. Fall, just falls over in almost um, pre-hysteria that the shot's going in. He knows it's going in. He, well, you're quite, I'm quite, he knows it's going in. If that shot misses, guess where it's most likely to bounce and what angle? And if they get the rebound, he's lying on the floor. If the ball goes in his direction, he's yeah. lying on the floor because he was so certain... That the biggest shot of the series was going in. Unbelievable stuff from BJ. So like like Adrian Wilson standing up when a when when a North Melbourne player goes goes kicking for goal. <laughs> just as it's left their boot. He'll yep. stand with his hands in the air. That was what it was. Yep. A little bit more on the line in Phoenix game six ninety three versus on the seventh at Ringwood on a lazy Saturday morning. Mate. No, no, I mean, oh, yes, yes. Well that's that's true. That's yep. true. I think we should finish it there with that, because that, that gave you the name peripheral piece. <laughs> there we go. So I can't possibly put something after it. There we go. All right. It's the Stephen A. Kwame Brown. Slava Medvedenko. And Kwame Brown, God bless him, is a scrub. He can't play. No disrespect whatsoever. So yep. this is, we have one of these each, each week. Do you yep. want to kick it away? I don't know who's turning. Just go first. I'm happy to go either way there, but. Yep. Well, I'm going to follow on from something we talked about before, which was the Horace Grant. Okay, here we go. Block, which we just talked about. Yep. But not in this context. Horace Grant has been historically stiffed <laughs> on the total lack of coverage and media appreciation of his series-winning, possible championship-winning block yep. of KJ Kevin Johnson to finish Game 6 in 1993. There we go. If that shot goes in, the series goes back to... He's still in Phoenix for Game 7. Whereas you know, Evans, home teams win, what, 85% of home games in Game 7? Wowee. Now, your boy, LeBron James. Your boy. Your boy, LeBron James. In Game 7 of 2016, <sighs> blocked a shot, which you yourself have said was a little bit overrated. I am on record um, saying that. It was. Uh, that's been referred to as the block. Yep. I'm here to say, Peter Evans. Yep. Peter Richard Evans. That block didn't win the game. <laughs> and it didn't win the series. Didn't win the championship. Kyrie Irving won the series, by the way. I'm not sure he realised yep. that. He hit an off-the-dribble three over Steph Curry I happen to, to remember that, that shot, yes. So as of this day forward, the block should now be stripped from LeBron James okay. and credited to Horace Grant from this day forward. Prosecution rest. Fantastic. Mumba out. Fantastic. <laughs> he drops the mic. White Mumba out. <laughs> White Mumba out. Oh, wow. What, cut, cut. Oh, I don't know what to say there. Um, 
he just, just give me yours. Just no, there's no, you know, okay, there's no coming. Okay, fine. But you, you have kind of broken the rules. Our, I'm feeling a bit guilty now because our, our take is supposed to irk the other person. So I'm on board <laughs> with you. I thought bringing in your boy might have done the trick. <laughs> my, LeBron's not my boy. He's, he's with your us, boy. He's with us for another year or two. He'll go somewhere else. I'm, you know, enjoying it while it lasts. Um, Matt, Barkley's MV, Barkley being MVP is not as bad as uh, his history would have you think. That is my take right here. Okay. He's yeah, nine, yes. Barkley's 93 MVP gets lumped in too quickly with Malone's 98 MVP, which is just historically disgraceful. At that point of 93, I'd argue we'd surpassed peak Jordan. Okay. Uh, his shooting clip had dropped right off, never to recover. He became a different basketball player, just not necessarily better than Jordan of 88 to 92 when he went at over 53% for 33 a game versus the years that followed from 93 onwards where he never he didn't average 30 a game and never again reached 50%. That season, Suns won 62 games, finished top of the league. Bulls finished third in the league. Like it or not, it has often been best player in the best team, regular season award. Yep. Barkley went at over 25, at over 52%, 12 and 5, um, over a steal, over a block. Jordan was well ahead in points, 32.6, but less than 50%. And as I pointed out last week, highest field goal attempt since that 87 uh, season where he went off against the Celtics. Obviously, there's no comparison defensively, like 2.8 steals, 0.8 blocks. It's um, His playoff numbers, you like to know the playoff numbers, they were still really good for MJ, over, over 31 a game. His shooting clip had dropped way off for that, 45%, because of quarters like what we just talked about, where he's the only guy who could go. Um, he was down to 45%, um, and he was at 52% from those earlier years at 37 a game, 86 through 92. Obviously, the MVP doesn't take into account the regular season numbers. I just think it's a little unfair to Sir Charles that he gets lumped in with that, oh, Jordan should have been MVP every year. I think there's a greater argument for it to have happened. Than Carl Malone. Than, than Carl Malone's yeah. in, in 98. Yep. So there so you go, mate. You're not f***ing me off there. That's there fair enough. Okay, cool. Well, here we go. Now, Matt, I have a question for you. You've been unable to cont- contain yourself. We've, we've mapped out what we're doing every week. Do you have three questions without notice for me? Or are you like, oh, no, I haven't used them up. Or three, I've, I've used two or three of mine. I'm going to have to think got, about now. I've got four, actually, Peter. <laughs> but I'll just, use three, I'll just use three of them. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Go for it. All right. Um, did, did you think that the appearance of Justin Timberlake, <laughs> who offered an enormously insightful story about he, how he worked and saved up some money to buy a pair of Jordans. Do you think that was one of the most stunning revelations in this docuseries? Oh, my gosh. Oh, seriously. JT, they literally got him on purely for one, one soundbite. So they could, then, they, then they use him to promote uh, the series, insightful. which they did use. A complete waste of time. Yep. Um, question for you, Matt, without notice. Best Bulls playoff series ever out of these three? What was the, just your opinion. Knicks 93, Suns 93, or Pacers 98? Uh, in order. No, no, just what was your... F- uh, Our yeah. favourite one of that. Yep, favourite one of that. Uh, Knicks 93. Okay. Knicks 93. Cool. Um, looking at the clear mental fatigue that Jordan had at that point, yep. with all the attention, the media scrutiny on his every move, blah, 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 was it, in your opinion, an historically smart decision to retire and take a break after 93? Looking back at where it ended. Uh, I don't think it was strategic. I think it was emotional and, and physical for him. 
um, what did it allow him to come and win three three again and be yes, that's my question. Yeah, yeah, it did, it did. Smart, yeah. Which is why I think we should potentially be a little kinder to LeBron for making seven or eight straight. It's really hard. Matt, did Michael Jordan have a gambling problem? No, he had a competitive problem. <laughs> He had a competition problem. Matt, did he have a gambling problem? Yep. yep. Okay. Um, and my last one for you. Okay. Do you think Phil would have been highly disappointed that Dennis didn't invite him to Hooters? <laughs> <laughs> Come no. on. Dennis, no. uh, Phil's going to the pool and Dennis doesn't even invite him to Hooters. What no. kind of bloke is Dennis? Seriously. Okay. Hey, Matt. Paxson misses the open three. Suns close out game six. What happens in Game 7? The Suns win. Oh, what? Yep, Game 7. I reckon the Suns win. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I'm... I have... I, <laughs> I am without words. <laughs> I'm without speech. I'm quoting Elaine. Oh, okay. There you go. Fantastic. I reckon, I reckon Jordan... I reckon Jordan would have played really well, but I reckon... I reckon they might not have won. Okay, fair enough. All right. Final, final segment. It's a quick one. Star of the show. Woo! Star of the show. Yep. From North Carolina. <laughs> Do you want me to go first? Or yeah, you can go first. <laughs> Am I going to have to go for three minutes while you find some clip? You've <laughs> already hit play on. Okay, okay. Go, go, you go, you go. Okay, I want you to listen to me, by the way, so you don't repeat exactly what I say afterwards. Um, my star of the show, Matt. Now. I'm being a bit cheeky. With respect to Howard White, the Nike executive, who looked absolutely fantastic and, and gave us a line, what? We're talking about the shoe deal, what? A young rookie who's done nothing? You must be out of your mind. With respect to Howard White, it's not him. For me, star of the show, John Paxson. John Paxson. Johnny Paxson. Probably one of my favorite NBA games, my favorite non-Lakers game ever. Game six. Game six, 93 finals. Um, him hitting that shot and... I'm still stunned by the revelation meant that actually saved the championship for you. Possibly. Yes. He, he's my star of the show. Unbelievable shot. Um, for those who haven't listened before, please download episodes one and two. But uh, we both gave, gave MJ star of the show episode one. So we're going somewhere else besides MJ for this. John Paxson for mine. Okay. Mine's going to start here, Pete. <laughs> what are we dealing with? What do we got? This is Mars Blackman. This is my main man, Michael Jordan. And this is a pair of Jordan from Nike. This is up. No. What, are we, what is this? Yes. That's not the one I wanted. That's not the one I wanted. This is outrageous. Oh, no. Sorry, children. This is the one I really wanted. Yo, Mars Blackman here with my main man, Michael Jordan. Yo, Mike, what makes you the best player in the universe? Is it the vicious dunks? No, Mars. Is it the haircut? No, Mars. Is it the shoes? No, Mars. Is it the extra long shorts? No, Mars. Is the shoes it, right? Nah. Is it the short socks? No, Mars. Money's gotta be the shoes! Shoes, shoes, shoes. shoes. You sure it's not the shoes? I'm sure, Mars. What about the shoes? No, Mars. Money's gotta be the shoes! Now, that, that, that was worth the wait, wasn't it, ladies and gentlemen? So the star of the show, Peter Evans, yeah. we may chop that other bit out, but um, the star of the show for mine is Nike. Converse, oh. Converse, Converse <laughs> said he couldn't go above Converse said he couldn't go above the other stars, right? Yep. Adidas said they couldn't put a shoe together. What is wrong with these people? 
like Richmond drafting Tambling and Cochin instead of Buddy and Ruff. <laughs> so oh, his God. mum his mum makes him go to Nike when he doesn't even want to, right? Yes. Jordan signs a five year two point five million dollar deal in nineteen eighty four. Crap load back then, that's yep. worth roughly forty million now. They hope to sell three million dollars of shoes after four years. Yes. They sell one hundred and twenty six million <laughs> in year one. Nike's share price since Michael Jordan was signed yep. has gone up 45,000%. <laughs> He's turned into a cultural phenomenon as well, right? Which continues to this day as that beautiful ad I just so professionally just seemed into the <laughs> just, just seamlessly came into the podcast there. Mars Blackman with my main man, Michael Jordan. It's got to be the shoes. Nobody stops my main man. And then, you know, I love the fact he calls him money. Money, it's got to be the shoes. Well, there so, it is. So Nike, the big winners, Converse and Adidas, you were wrong. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, fantastic. I can't wait to hear how that sounds. Um, if we can keep that in or not. I say keep it in. That's all I've got. Like t- that's, I was going to say that's all we've got time for, but I think we've we've gone long enough. Yeah, um, we have. Matt, we got through again. Uh, have we have we, have we proven anything tonight? I hope so. I've taken an hour and thirteen minutes. <laughs> to, to <laughs> tell me that's not right. Um, go well, buddy. Um, see you next week for episodes seven and eight. Stay safe, everyone. Take care. Yes, good night. Thanks for listening. <laughs>